Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Gentlemen, it is time for your Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Episode 70. Hi everybody, I am Joe the Widget Wilson and I am joined by my amazing hosts. Starting it off is the mysterious Evarwin. Hey Joe, what's up? We're back. We're chat room, back. what's going on? Great to see. We've got a nice full fat chat room. They're back too. <clears throat> you know, they just uh, all give you the bird for calling them fat. Well, I was referring to the numbers of the <laughs> <chat room> burgeoning. <laughs> uh, and we are joined by the marvelous Louis Olan. Hello, Joe. Hey, Varwin. Hello, everyone in the chat room. And I think Varwin met PHAT fat chat room. Pretty hot and tempting. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. I do. You know, he said it. And we are joined by the manic maniac, David Deanforce Adams. Oh, after this week, I would agree with that. <laughs> he was recovering from his gaming coma. Oh, no, I'm just uh, in a brief moment of clarity until I return to it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great episode, and uh, glad to have you here. Dave, you sound clearer yet sexier at the same time. It is. I got a brand new computer, brand new internet. I'm wearing brand new socks. It is just a good day. It's like a brand new Dean Force. It that really is. is. Awesome. It, it yes, it is. <laughs> Real badasses eat chocolate chip cookies. That's for you, Dave. Yeah, I eat chocolate chip cookies. Mm, cookies. <laughs> mm. And bring up the rear, Mister, <laughs> the modern Shank the Tank. Yo, um, I was in a seminar for two days. My brain is mush, so just uh, bear with me. I might be kind of off kilter, but uh, Dave, dude, if your PC is new, you know what that means. Things just keep getting better. Uh, slash kick, please. <laughs> slash why? Strapping guys, this is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> there we go. All right, Yvonne, we have some sponsors. Yeah, we do. Get your free site. Your free site. If you're looking for a website and you want to start that gaming community and launch it, look no further than guildlaunch.com, guys. They're giving them away for free over there. They offer they offer three subscription plans, but we'll get into that in a little bit. There's 250,000 guilds and clans and teams who are involved in guild launch right now. Don't be the only guy out there starting off on some stupid noob site. They're going to give you a whole bunch of awesome stuff like DKP tools, mobile optimized sites, 
Google Analytics, storage, advertising, attendance reports, even a freaking newsletter. They throw it in there. They'll start you off at $7 a month for all their subscription plans. All right, you can start at the $7 a month, and it's all at guildlaunch.com. Also, tweaked audio, quality earbuds, free worldwide shipping, unbeatable customer service, lifetime warranty. All that sounds good. Use our code off the record. You get 30% off your order, all at tweakedaudio.com. And this episode was made awesome! I should not have played that song for you before the show. I'm regretting it now. <laughs> I'm like all over the place with this thing. <laughs> By Eric S. Thank you, Eric S., who humbly requests an Oblivion-themed crafting table. Eric S., this week's crafting table is for you. Thank you very much. All right, guys, we have some meat and potatoes to get into on the show today, and we're going to start off like we always do with a little uh, Q&A session, so let's ask us anything Variety Pack 5. All right, guys, and this was actually hosted by Tamriel Foundry, just let you guys yeah. know, our boys over there, rocking it out. All right, their format makes it a little bit harder for me to see and understand, so bear with me here. I'm trying I think to, you may want to go for the italicized yeah, stuff. Yeah, that here. one right there. Got yeah. it. <clears throat> I'm like highlighting it on my screen thinking like, oh, Joe can see it as I highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time, buddy. Now. All right. So here we go. Our usual format. I am really interested in Wood Elf and Valenwood lore and am familiar with the Green Pact. What effect will this have on gathering ingredients and hunting animals in the wilderness of Valenwood? That seemed that first question seemed like a lead up, and then the actual question right after. Weird. So, uh, Zenimax answers. They say the green pact affects the behavior of wood elf NPCs who are devout regarding it, limiting what they can do to living plants. How the green pact affects player character behavior is entirely up to the player. It's an Elder Scrolls game after all. <laughs> I all like right. that answer. Yeah, that, that that coins it perfectly. I think you guys. Well. Actually, before I go any further, I'm going to let the other hosts have their say on this. You guys have anything to say on that? Um, I love Bosmer, so that that's it. It's kind of like um, <laughs> Anchorman. I love Bosmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's going to be an interesting twist to see how exactly this will affect that race in terms of uh, gathering cracking materials. You know, because, all right, let's see. What do Bosmer use? Bows, right? What have we seen in every Bosmer photo? Okay, how are they going to get that wood? I mean, are they going to chop it down from a living tree, or are they going to wait for something to drop off? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So it makes it's going to make me uh, uh, makes me interested to see well, you know how is they going to play that out, keep that to the lore. I think, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, I don't want to. I don't want to go over. <laughs> <laughs> you guys seem to have settled on a pick two professions designed for crafting. Will we be able to diversify? And if so, will this be viable? For example, say I completed mastered weaponsmithing. I then decided to make masterful heavy armor crafts, but not medium or light armor. And instead, use those points towards alchemy to make masterful potions, but not potions. Would something like this work? What? How does Zenimax even decipher this question? No idea. <laughs> I mean, they have an answer. <laughs> I think they you do. Said make masterful poisons, but not potions. So that's kind of weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and in any event, this is this is their answer. Uh, the intention is for 
the jack-of-all-trades to be a viable choice for all crafters. We expect to be testing and changing this system based on beta feedback. All right, so... Um, you know, maybe maybe the the question eluded us, and and the listener can you know completely understand, or or maybe not. But the fact of the matter is, uh, they're saying here that you know a jack of all trades is is uh, definitely a crafting decision, and, and they're looking to make it viable, and that's that's a good thing. That is very Elder Scrolls, <laughs> sure. Okay, while I agree, yes, it's very Elder Scrolls for you to be able to do everything. I liked the idea of being able to go so far into one that you master it above all the others. That really becomes pivotal in an MMO where where you're trying to diversify the economy. If everyone can do everything, no one's individual. Right. There's no economy. It dies. Because if, why should I bother to trade with other people when I know I can make other alts, have them you know, do other crafts as well and just trade myself. I, you know, I don't need anybody else. There's no, you just shot social interaction right, right in the foot right there. Yeah, exactly. I, I understand that letting everybody touch everything is one thing, but being able to make the best of the best items from that craft. No, I think that I like the idea of pick two professions. Well, I, I don't think that's what they're saying here. Uh, I think they they have always said, and they've never changed this, they've always said that when it comes to crafting, you really got to work very, very hard if you want to get to that best of the best crafted item inside the game. And you're really going to have to be dedicated to just one profession. They've always said that. This, I don't necessarily see this as a as a flip-flop on that on that discussion topic. I see it as... You know, you're you're going to. I see this as gathering professions. You're going to be able to gather up pretty much everything, um, whether it's needed for your uh, specific profession that you're going to max out or not. You know, so that's that's what I see this as. And, and you know, if you're an MMO uh, player, you'll know that when it comes to gathering. You know, there's you can only gather for for really your main profession. So, like, you know, if you're a yeah. weaponsmith, you can only gather ore, but you're not going to be able to pick the flowers because that's like an alchemy. <gasps> uh, uh, well, uh, let's caveat that. I, that's one MMO's way of gathering. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't see that as what this dude's asking, though. What this dude's asking is he's saying I want to pick armor smith, but if I only go into heavy armor, can I get a free pass into going into a third profession or a fourth <clears throat> profession? And mastering one aspect of it. Honestly, Dave. I like in MMOs where if you're going into Armorsmith, you need to, to learn all of Armorsmithing. Yes, you may never use medium. Yes, you may never use light armor. But honestly, it's there for you to be inclined into making that stuff to sell it. You know, that, that social interaction thing again. Or for your guildies. Yeah, we had a, uh, a translator in the chat room who translated this question for us, and he said, So the guy's question is, I want to make master weapons, heavy armor, and potions, but only those things. Is this possible? I, I mean... <laughs> Zenimax? <laughs> you know... Well, if, if we use the progression scale of how armor weapons are made, you know, how do you progress onto heavy? Well, usually most MMOs have started, you start off with light, making light armor, move on to medium... Then you work on the penultimate, which is heavy armor. You know, think of it as stages where you have to learn each one before you go on to the next. 
let's let's look at the answer. The intention is for the jack of all trades to be a viable choice for all crafters. We expect to be testing and changing this system based on beta feedback. So, number one, they are looking to have a player be able to buy jack of all trades in quotes. I'm getting the feeling that they're they're thinking that the player can can basically uh, touch every single profession in some way. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Honestly, to. guys, what their answer just told me was nothing set in stone. Moving on. Exactly, and that's point two. <clears throat> Speaking of moving on, all right, we got a quick question here. Will collected items, bottles, bread, slash, etc., respawn? Uh, their answer is yes, they do respawn, but they do so at random intervals and don't necessarily appear in the same place. There you that go. That makes me happy. Yeah. I was wondering about the way the perk points slash talents trees will work. Will it be similar to Skyrim in that every level we get one point to spend on one skill? Or will there be multiple trees that each get a point to spend? I.e., will combat skills have their own tree and crafting have its own? So we can develop our combat skills and crafting skills at the same time without leveling up. Currently, we have a split advancement systems for crafting and adventuring. Adventuring being the all-encompassing term for everything that isn't specifically crafting. Crafting progression works by gaining inspiration while crafting. You advance as you complete various accomplishments. The skill points you get for adventuring come from three different sources. Leveling, major quest accomplishments, and sky shards. You can spend a skill point anytime you get one. Basically, what this is telling me is that there are no skill trees specifically that you put points into for crafting. The system's a completely different system than your adventuring, which is where you get the skill point and you put it into the, the different skills you have available for you. Right? Yeah, you have you have points available as they come from various different sources, and you put them into the the skill trees and the specific skills that you want to unlock. I'm I'm honestly pleased to hear that. It sounds really good. One of the little key thing in there that I that just caught my attention is something I haven't seen before. Major quest accomplishments are going to be giving skill points. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I don't think we we really see that in too many games. If really, I mean, none none that I can recall. See, I'm a quest junkie. Evarwins and, and Shank are exploring junkies, so they can take care of the whole Sky Shard thing. I'll take care of the quest. Don't part. put me in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here, sweetie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I, I love all of it. I wasn't putting you it put, in a you box. Can put me in a box, Joe. I was <laughs> placing it based on mere previous experience. All right, Evarwin now hates me, so we're going to move on. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> in keeping with Elder Scrolls tradition, will the players start out in an imprisoned slash convict situation. Uh, <laughs> this, this question really had to be answered or asked. Come on. Oh, oh Without giving too much away, the answer is yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we didn't see that one coming, did we? No. 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 I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wait a minute. What? How come none of you guys ever told me this? <laughs> well, Lou, here's the deal. 
All right, guys. I wanted to know how far will you guys be going with the story decisions aspect of the game, in the sense that only a small number of games allow players to make major decisions in the game that may change the progression. But even so, there are many. Dyslexia is coming up here. But even so, there are not any repercussions by making a decision. Will the team focus on the engagement of the story or only the lore? There are lots of different choices in the game, but since you're asking about story choices, yes, they will have varying degrees of impact. The impact could be as small as the way your character answers someone, having little impact other than letting you choose your style of answer. Other choices may only impact that particular NPC. Maybe you see them pursuing a suggested career choice you made later. Sometimes your choices will impact those closest to you or have much larger impact. Your story choices will definitely impact the outcome of what you see and play. The uh, the big takeaway I'm getting from this is, uh, yes, <laughs> they're going to have an impact, but it depends. <laughs> I think it totally depends on, I guess, the context of, uh, well, all these different factors, which is, uh, I think it's, you know, it's expected. Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back to a discussion we were having a couple of episodes ago about the same thing, where I, I sort of said that, um, you know, it looks like your choices are going to matter, but not every single uh, choice that you, you choose has an impact that's going to be just, you know, a broad sweeping uh, change all around you. And this, this is exactly what they're outlining here. There's going to be some small impacts, like choosing a dialogue option, and it goes all the way up the ladder. All right, guys. I uh, we got another one coming up here. One of the most disappointing moments in MMORPG or MMOGs, as he says, is investing the hundred plus hours to reach a maximum level, only to discover that I ha- that I made a skill slash perk choice that I no longer enjoy playing, or one that doesn't work with my character, and realizing the only way to change it is to create a new character. Are these types of skill choices choices present in the game, and do you have a mechanic? For a character to invest in, quotes here, retraining, or will I have to start over? We will have a solution for respecting your character. We'll share details about this later. Yes! Ah, oh, we win! Who, who in the world plays MMOs for hundreds of hours and calls it retraining? <sighs> Me. <laughs> so you have to play hundreds of hours, Shank? <laughs> Someone? <laughs> Someone, obviously. <laughs> I, I don't know. You guys have any uh, thoughts on the actual question? Yes, yes. I, I'm just trying to put it together. Um, well, one way I, I hope they do have that, that option available to us because you know I, we've all felt that pain. <laughs> Most of us felt that pain of actually investing time and seeing that it just doesn't quite work out in the end. Or the fact that you know the only way to find out how it works is to actually invest in it. And there's no way for you to get it back in case you do make a mistake, an honest mistake. But I, I also hope, too, they, they keep this under control to where people just don't do the, the infamous FOTM. What, what is that? Uh, flavor of the Month build. Okay. Okay, which is notorious in other MMOs. To where, you know, oh, well, I'm going to respect my character to this because it's the highest one for or what DPS. what they call or, the uh, cookie cutter builds. Yes. You know, oh, that's the best healing build right here. Oh, God, please, let's keep a control on that. <laughs> You know, if they want to make this game have an impact, have your choices make, you know, matter, you know, 
this is one of the areas they need to work on too. Yes, have an option, but don't make it so, you know, Joe Schmoke can change his build every hour. You know? <laughs> Should I be offended by that or no? <laughs> All right, so Mr. Smith can't change his build every hour. <laughs> well, that's one of those things we'll have to wait and see exactly what is going to be coming up with that. Uh, are there going to be traps inside some dungeons? Didn't we already get this question like two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the exact same question we've done two weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to repeat it. Anyway, for 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 the the the... the Aspect or the, um, well, anyway, for being complete, here we go. Are there going to be traps inside dungeons, as we have seen in other Elder Scrolls games? Uh, an example rocks falling from a height, flamethrowers, or automatic arrow shooters. There will indeed be traps in dungeons, but if we told you too much about them, then they wouldn't be good traps. Oh, Zenimax. <laughs> so zingy. Necessary. Not, not enough. Not enough MMOs have traps in dungeons. It is necessary. Wait, re- okay. I whoa, that's new. I honestly thought it was a total opposite that MMOs no. had a lot more dungeons than like regular single player games. This is one of the best things that you get in old pen and paper Dungeons and Dragons years and years and years ago that just has been fading from from modern RPGs and it's a wonderful thing to finally see it come back in a big name MMO. Indeed, and uh, it's something to keep people on their toes. You step in a trap, uh, roll a d twenty, and it snared you because you stink at rolling dice. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. <laughs> you know, plus it also it, it adds to the dungeon or the area you're exploring because if you actually think about it, what you're doing, you're you know, you're invading someone's castle. You don't think they have booby traps set up to keep people like you out of it? I mean, no, I just I, have, like, a laser shield, like, around my castle. <laughs> oh, my God. What? See, the perfect trap for Shank is just to surround your castle in flowers. You'll never get invaded by him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Alright guys, will the keep battles involve a queue where random people or parties would join to man the battle, like other games battlegrounds, or can any player just go there and attack slash defend the keep? Anyone can join a keep fight in Cyrodiil as long as they're level 10 or higher. Keeps can be attacked and defended at any time. There will also be a looking for group system that helps you find other players in Cyrodiil so you can enjoy all the fun of attacking or defending a keep with a group I like that answer I do too <clears throat> this is uh, a very revealing answer yeah <laughs> very because I, I Joe didn't we we ask um, I think we asked Paul Sage like directly will there be like an LFG tool in the game yep and, and he, he didn't want to answer it then but we've got yeah. we've got this now I basically told them too. You guys got it. Um, I asked this also the same question to them when we went back in October. Remember, Varwin? They had a little Q and A session after the video, the PvP video. Yeah. And that's the first thing I asked was, "Is there going to be a looking for group system?" And they, again, pretty much didn't want us to answer that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's good that they they it seems like maybe they listened to their community or or maybe they they already knew or going back to other games. 
you know, uh, I, I think it's a big mistake if an MMO launches and there's no looking for group system. My personal opinion, I think it's a mistake. And I think that's one of the mistakes that uh, Star Wars The Old Republic made when they launched. They didn't have uh, an LFG. That was a big turnoff for me. Huge in that game. What do you think, Lou? Yes, you're right. Uh, LFG is a has become an indispensable tool because it does help with the with keeping the downtime, trying to find groups. If you don't want to spam chat, general chat for that sort of thing. Uh, one thing I do uh, want to add to that though is I like an LFG tool. What I don't like is the insta pop to the group feature, which I think is crap. My opinion. <laughs> okay, the insta port. No, get your happy butt to your group. Because that that feature just makes players lazy. But they just hang out in towns all all day, not doing anything. Just popping the LFG, hoping to find a group. And oh, all right, I'm here. Well, that's that's exactly what this is going to be because they're talking about PvP in Cyrodiil at level ten. So you can expect that you're not going to yeah. be able to travel the the entire length and breadth of your faction territory at level ten to get into Cyrodiil, and then travel all through Cyrodiil just to get to the the one keep that that you and your group are going to siege. No, I, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to remember uh, the way they said the spice systems work. You have to use each keep. The lines of communication have to be open. Didn't Port they to one say keep, to that, one keep to one keep? Didn't they say that if you're level ten joining into PvP, it would grade you up to level fifty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then honestly, I think I like the idea of yes, letting you enter Cyrodiil, but once you're there, making you find your group, your reinforcements. You're not a teleporter, right? Right. Well, I guess I guess that's that's sort of what I'm alluding to is the fact that you're going to get popped into into Cyrodiil with the LFG system here. Well, as long as it puts you in Cyrodiil and doesn't put you on top of your group that's like nine miles into Cyrodiil, mm-hmm. I, I I think that's what they're going to do. But that just kind of I don't know that that makes me feel like it's it's laziness. But Joe, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to get brought into Cyrodiil and then run to your group, or would you prefer to get brought into Cyrodiil with your group and then in front of the keep that that is your goal at that moment? I want to do what they what they actually have planned, which is using those uh, waypoints. I forget what they call them already because uh, I suck at names. Yeah, they're waypoints. Yeah, they're way shrines. The way the way shrines. Um, yeah. Even if my team, like for instance, we unlocked a way shrine because we got all the resources around it, whatever. But it's still ten miles away from my team, but it's the closest one. That's what I want to do. I want to have to go there and then travel to my team because, you know, I hate to say it, but well, I, I love to say this because it's actually reality. Part of the challenge is going to be getting to your team to help them because you right. might get because there's three different factions here, guys. This is yeah, not just a two-way battle. Along the way, exactly. And I want to be one of those groups that goes and ambushes people. You can make it to your team, <laughs> right? You'll be the dude ambushing me as I'm, like, picking flowers totally aimlessly. I will purposely plant flowers around a specific area <laughs> for a key threshold and wait for Shrank, for Shank, and uh, I'll get him every time. He'll be like, wait, that's blue mountain flower and panty? Those don't grow together. Hold on, guys. Hold on. I gotta check this wait, out. One, clearly distri- one is clearly in the West Weald, and this is not the Nibine Basin right now. What <laughs> is going on? He'll be analyzing it, and you'll see a, a chain, fiery chain, fly out of nowhere and pick him up and pull him to me. Yeah. Dragon over here. Like, hey Joe, did you see this flower, dude? Like, yes, I planted. Get it. over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was actually a really good question to end that Q and A. Uh, probably the best question in that bunch by far. Strong ending. 
It was a strong ending. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Um, we do not have a dev question of the week, I believe. I don't think they did one this week. Ah! Or do we? And I just got to go oh! on No! <laughs> what? Wait, did we seriously not have a dev question this week? We don't, no. Ah, we are we are deprived. Um, Zenimax, we have to have a talk now. No. The ball is Zenimax. Yeah. All right, we're going to get into a quick email or two. And our first email comes in to us from Andrew Gondor, and I'm going to ask, or Gondor, Dave, you got this one, buddy. This is uh, the, the first one from Andrew? Yes, sir. Yeah. All righty. And Andrew says, if I can find the right one, here we go. I've just shot past it. Andrew says, I have a few things that if you guys are able, I would like to discuss. As a mage in Skyrim, you had a spell that gave you mage armor or increased your armor rating, even if you had other armor on at the time. As you had a spell called Ward that acted as something close to a shield, in Oblivion, you would get a bonus to your skill in specific armor trees, medium to heavy, that allowed you to take more hits before running away screaming, Save me! Do you think it is balanced or fair to allow mages to keep these kinds of spells in ESO? The main problem that I can see with this is that if some version of the spell slash skills are available in ESO and make you a battle mage with heavy armor or mix of different armors and are able to cast this spell with that would not make your would that not make your person a bit OP? My friend and I have been going back and forth with this topic for a few days now and are still divided on the outcome so that it would be interesting to get your opinion and that of the chat room and that of the chat room if uh, you use this in the show. Sincerely, Andrew Gonder, a.k.a. RedDog88. Do you mind if I, guys, if you mind if I tackle this? Go yes. for it. Every class in the game that I've seen in the limited play that I've done, well, six hours, is that every class is a mage in its own right. There right. are no real mages. However, they did already say that there will be a ward in the mage college quest chain, or the mage guild, sorry, the mage guild quest chain. So that will be available to anyone who wants to get to that point. And all ma- all the wards are, are a very short-term anti-magic protection. I don't see any kind of OP in that. Is there any way to... Oh, actually, no. I don't know if we know yet. I was going to ask if, if if you get that ward in the uh, the Mages Guild questline, I was just going to, I guess, ask out loud if there's any way to break the ward. Like, if you have a spell that's stronger than their uh, low-level ward or whatever. Yeah, it's called Melee. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I believe that the cast is what keeps it from being OP. I mean, the, from what I've seen in this game, when we were at uh, PAX, none of the spells or skills were infinite. It wasn't an always-on thing. Well, they had passive ones, but the passive ones didn't give you ridiculous spells that were just always-on. You have to cast these, and, and honestly, taking time, spending uh, uh, magicka or stamina or whatever is necessary to cast it, is the offset for the power that you're being given. And if they do that balance right, I feel that, heck, if somebody puts themselves together right, you're good. Yeah, it, uh, it, it seems like from what we've been playing so far that, that things are you know, definitely balanced. So, oh, yeah. You know. And I would definitely imagine that something like a, a spell ward would be based off a of percentage and not a full block. 
And if it was a full block, it'd probably be a very, very short term. Like five seconds. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that, guys? I'll take that as a no. Yeah. Well. All right. We got some playtime to get into, gentlemen. Oh, um, actually, before I do that, I forgot to mention the quick mention before we started the show to quickly mention. <laughs> but second, something <laughs> quick to mention. <laughs> Uh, so last week we reported the Skyrim Legendary Edition uh, guide by Prima was was now available as of uh, but as of Friday, June seventh, you can now purchase the Skyrim Legendary Edition game, which is going to be available on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation Three, and it's going to have vanilla Skyrim and all three DLC packs on it: Dawnguard, Hearthfire, Dragonborn. Uh, you can get it at uh, it's going to be on Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, GameStop for uh, fifty nine ninety five. So, and thus ends the production of Skyrim. Let's give it a moment of silence, please. All right, moving what? on. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> good, uh, good, good. Just uh, bring on ESO and Elseworld Six, and I'll forgive you guys. Yar. All right, now let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. It's for you, Lou. I have to do it for you. Alright, guys. um, I'm going to. I actually did get some Skyrim time in, and I had a very interesting occurrence I want to talk to you guys about really quick. Okay. To see what you guys think here. So, I was on my way to actually do a quest that I have never done before called Forbidden Legend. We have to get all three necklaces and put them together. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in all my other plays, I've gotten like two, maybe one or two of the necklaces, and never really bothered getting all of them all at the same time. Well, I did it this time just to see the end of it. I know the necklace wouldn't really do me any good, but I want to see the end of the quest. It's kind of what I'm doing with my character now is doing stuff that I haven't done before. What little there is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Joe. Quick, quick question. Is yeah. this the Galder's Amulet one that you're talking about? Yes, sir. I think, yeah. It sure okay. Is. Yeah, the last quest is called Forbidden Legend. Um, I went to Reachwater Rock to finish this quest. Um, went through the whole... Dragon Claw doors, blah blah blah. Went into the room and three baddies pop up after you put the necklaces on the on the pedestals, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're hidden behind this. They're they're on the shelf behind this thing and they're just kind of floating there. Well, one of them pops out and he starts fighting you. You have to fight him. Well, a second one came in and he copies himself and they all fusro me at the same time. <laughs> so my girl flops around like a rag doll for about I don't know five minutes. It felt like wound up inside that area that platform where the ghosts were waiting to fight. I sit there trying to shoot and realizing that I couldn't shoot because there was an invisible glass barrier in front of me where, in between me and the boss. So I was stuck up there. Couldn't do nothing. Really weird bug. So I, I reloaded. And I thought, okay, this time I'm going to stay away from that area when I get to the second guys. Got back in there. Started fighting. Got to the second bosses again. And um, I got hit with three Foose Rose this time. Each in short intervals, so it, it knocked me down like a ragdoll, flew me across the room. The next one hit, I flew further. The next one hit, I flew further, and wound up in that room again. Jeez. The only difference was is that I had a, a follower with me, a companion, if you will. And it's one of those ones that is a, a modded one, so they don't die. It doesn't do much damage, but is modded. Well, she got flopped around the room. I was watching her go across the room all, all over the place, being Foose Road. She would die. Stand back up, they have Foose Rower, she'd go back around the room flying, and then die again. So I got tired of that, and decided just, okay, screw it, and reload it again. 
Well, by the third time, I finally figured out to hide and wound up beating him. All right, Lou, so how was your gameplay this week, man? What did you get into? Where do I begin? Let's see. Keep it short. I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly. <laughs> All right, I'll do my best. Okay. Remember last week when I said my battle mage, unfortunately, was shot back down to 35 because of a corrupt file? Well, she's almost back up. Halfway to 37. You know, she's halfway to 36. Uh, with all the time I had this week to play with her. Right now, I've got her currently cleaning up a lot of side quests in the journal because it's just got out of hand. I mean, it's it's pretty bad when the when you go to the last the bottom part, which is miscellaneous, and that's much bigger than your main quest journal. So like, oh, I gotta clean this up. So I've just been skipping around place to place, just bouncing around uh, from area to area, just trying to clean up that god awful mess. Right, move on to the main quest uh, main quest stories that I want to focus on. So mostly, I have a ton of bounty quests I just haven't bothered doing. <laughs> I have all these markers on my map, all these bounties, and I figure, you know what? It's pretty safe. Let me get rid of these. These are not usually, for me, they're pretty easy. They're not too bad. And so since I'm also using that new companion from the mod challenge this week, I figure, you know what? Let me break him in this way. I'm not going to do anything major. That way he doesn't annoy the crap out of me and, and cause me just not to use him anymore. So I parked. Lydia, in the old house in Whiterun, told, you know, hang out here. I'm going to use, you know, don't mind the old goat demon guy here. He's cool. <laughs> he's not going to rip your heart out. He's, he's good. He's with me. So I started off uh, pretty much from the southeast corner of the map doing a shank and just working my way west, then north, then east, doing a nice little square around uh, the whole map of Skyrim. But on the way there, I actually thought about starting Dawnguard because I was actually doing some stuff around Riften. And I see a little marker that's saying, oh, wait, that's Dawnguard. Do I want to do it? Do I want to? Do I want to? So I'm trying to figure out, you know, if I can still use this goat demon companion, start up Dawnguard and get Serana, you know, I'm going to do what, you know, Zoomancer, Dave. <laughs> Zoomancer. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Go, did, go, undead minions. How did that whole thing go? I, I don't know. I, I, I. I haven't picked her up yet. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out if this will work. I'm trying to actually look on the net saying, hey, has anyone ever tried this before <laughs> with this kind of mod? Because I know I, you know, when you first pick up Serana, your other companion goes away. But I'm trying to figure out, damn it, come on, I, I want to figure out a way to do this. <laughs> Just pick them both and have an undead army. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, like, how did how did the the whole thing with the the companion go that that I suggested last week? Ah, well, it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's a good mod. You know, I, I just have a couple things that you know he should probably look at to fix. Um, first of all, he's easy to find. He tells you right there. It's, he's in the end of Riverwood. So imagine my surprise when I see all of us there and saying, oh, wow. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, goat demon guy, what's up? Hey, there's a <laughs> demon there. <laughs> you, you look like something like Diablo. I should be killing you. Oh, wait, you're my companion. Sorry. <laughs> I got to hire you. Come with me. <laughs> and he does do that annoying goat sound when you kill him in Diablo, too. You know, eh, eh. <laughs> 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 um, you know he's keyed also as an essential companion, so he you don't have to worry about it. You know about him inadvertently dying. So I, I thought that was pretty cool because that was my biggest concern taking him on, and you know not giving him stuff to carry because I, I actually use my companions as pack mules since my battle mage can only carry so much. Yeah, I, shamel- I shamelessly use them as that. <laughs> oh, why not? They got the inventory, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Conte, and he plays he plays pretty well. You know, when you first get him, he's got a two-handed axe, great axe on his back, <laughs> pretty nifty looking, pretty nice, mm-hmm. very nice graphic. Uh, he, he plays like a two-handed warrior uh, slash tank. Oh, okay. Does he does he actually pull for you? Um, yeah, he will. He'll actually, if you initiate attack, he will. You know, he'll jump into the fray. He'll try and go in there and you know grab the target's attention. Now, did you take the armor and weapon off of him? Like you get your own version of him, right? Well, yeah, he he comes with his own default um, uh, great axe and a couple of the things that escape my mind at the moment because I really haven't. I wanted to see him for what he was as he is now. So I haven't given him any of the weapons or any of the armor pieces. I just left him as is because I wanted to see how how well he performs. You know, at this at my level and with the level of quests I'm trying to do in the game. How's his how's his aggro ability? I mean when you when you fire off a couple of like destruction spells and you know a whole bunch of enemies run at you, did he you know, pull off of you, and you were able to step back and do your damage. Yes, he actually did do that. It took him a while because actually, some, wow, uh, he's a little buggy in terms of his uh, his pathing, like all the AI companions are. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I actually have to account for that. <laughs> uh, was it like instant, or or was did it take a little bit for him to build up the threat against you? Actually, for a lot of the fights, it felt pretty instant. Wow. The moment I zap something, you well, I don't, I don't go. You know, I don't close the, the gap with things. I, I mostly fire off as far as I far away as I can. Yeah. You know, and he shoots off, and by the time the mob is halfway to me, he's already picked them up. Okay. So right. like, again, this is Demon Hellspawn Companion by Dogtown One. In case the listeners are getting interested and want to download it, mm-hmm. it, it is a very nice. He did a great job uh, skinning that companion because it does look very nice, kind of freaky too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think about if you go in a dark cave or dark area or dark dungeons, yeah, it's kind of freaky. Yeah, I wouldn't want to open up my closet and see this thing snarling at yes, me. Yes, you, you will lose control of your bowels. I'll put it that way. I'll be like Shank and I'll parkour out. <laughs> <laughs> Tying into that, if you run this oh on the I'm sure he's going to look a lot worse and a lot scarier. <laughs> so you've been warned. That's our PSA for this. <laughs> the more you know. Exactly. <laughs> but bear in mind, cares. though, <laughs> that. Dogtown, when he did admit this is his first mod, so bear with him, all right? He actually does play like a reskin NPC orc companion you can get, all right? And he actually has the accompanying dialogue. He will say that. That's one of my – one of the cons with this mod is the fact that all the dialogue he does have is from an orc companion. So he's going to say, oh, oh yeah, that sounds great for an orc. And, you know, and he does the thing with his hands like, but you're, you're demon hellspawn. Orcs – all right, never mind. <laughs> so, was the voice acting completely original, or because no, the way it's, you... it's exactly from any NPC orc you see in the game? Uh, see the way you the way when you uh, the way it comes off in the mod or the description of the mod, it sounds like the guy had like six different voice actors that he all like you know uh, paid with beer <laughs> and uh, t- you know voice different. Voice the companion. No, from what I've heard so far from him, it's just been the generic dialogue from other orc uh, orc warriors or orc characters I've seen in the game. I've experienced in the game. Okay. Maybe I haven't done enough with him yet in terms of other combat or other major quest lines where there's actually more time for us to interact. But, you know, just doing the old shank walking across Skyrim, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything. 
all the sounds he does, everything in combat sounds, it just sounds the same. You know, I, I would just picture a regular orc uh, warrior behind me, and that's what I get. But that's only yeah, it's a small detail. I mean, maybe I missed something in the voice dialogue. I haven't started up, but you know, when I'm actually engrossed in it, I, I haven't heard any difference whatsoever from this companion. But it's still good, though. I mean, it's something that maybe he should work on. But other than that, it is a really good mod. You know, and again, like I said, it's his first mod, and like I mentioned before, it, it kind of suffers the same AI padding issues like all the other companions do. Yeah. And every now and then he does do the stupid Lydia type thing, but that's so so uh, so Lou, pass or fail? If you were to recommend this mod to anyone else, would you? Is it a pass or fail? I give it a pass. Yeah, definitely pass. Yeah, it's definitely worth a look. Like I said, little things, but the way it comes out, the way it plays, it's definitely definitely worth a look. Cool. You know, you're not going to regret downloading it. Uh, not at all. I don't. Good because I've already downloaded it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. I enjoyed it. So if you're looking for it, folks, Demon Hellspawn Companion, Dogtown 1. <laughs> so, Dave, you got a new computer, dude. Yes, Joe. This week I got a brand new computer, high-speed PC. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's beautiful. And I also upgraded to a very much high-speed internet. It, it's it's much faster than my my pigeon network that I had before. Wow, you're just <laughs> flying around the internet at lightning speeds. Yeah. <laughs> he upgraded to a pony. Shove some dilithium crystals in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's definitely it feels like that feeling. Remember when you watched um, Back to the Future and the the DeLorean's wheels turned sideways and flew? It's that feeling. <laughs> New and shiny. Yes. So I, I started up Skyrim. It's like one of the first things I installed. And it starts up. You know, I don't know if you remember, but when you start up Skyrim for the first time, it says, we're going to check all your system specs to find out what settings we should set your game to. And then you have to press OK. Right. And then the next, next little pop-up says, congratulations, you've been set to ultra-high settings. That Which, of course, is, is followed by me crying and holding my new PC and shaking <laughs> back and forth with it and asking it out to dinner and telling it how much I love it and how we're going to have such a great future together. And What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you about my sordid affairs with my PC, but I will tell you all about how I've done in Skyrim. Uh, this week, I promised last week that I was actually going to get into Dragonborn with my B.A. bow of Daedric awesomeness, and uh, that's exactly what I did. Uh, first thing I did in Dragonborn, I walked straight into town and got the Ancient Nordic Pickaxe. It's this game. This I love this expansion now that I know where things are. It's so much better the second time through. Five minutes in, I have my ancient Nordic pickaxe, and I'm walking through the first dungeon um, to get the dragon aspect, the first word of it, as well as my first black book, and the mask from Zakirosos. I, I don't know. He's, he's, they're all in the Bloodskull Burrow, which is where you're sent from the guy who gives you the ancient Nordic pickaxe. Um, also... 
within this area is a special sword, which if you've ever played Final Fantasy VII and you've gotten uh, uh, Cloud to use Klim Hazard, you will laugh your butt off when you see this sword. It's called the Blood Skull Sword. And yes. every time you swing it, it shoots a beam of red light. You, you've seen this one? Of course I have. <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? It reminded me of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII as well. That was the only nerd that noticed that. Oh, I, I saw this. I was laughing so hard. Um, then after after my final... It's, I, I, and all this loot I got from the first dungeon, um, I, I walked out and I, I just decided to go exploring. I came across a uh, dwarven ruin called uh, Fault Bards. If anyone wants to say that correctly, it's on you. I have no uh, idea, man. Is this in, in Dragonborn? Yeah, this is in Dragonborn. Okay. <laughs> Faltars. It, it's Faltars? You're adding an A there. It's Faltars. Faltars. <laughs> man, they had a special way of speaking. Um, anywho, this dungeon reminds me so much of the Ethereum Wars quest. Because are so cool. There's this one that has those spinning... Alright, Dave, uh, Dave, 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 you broke up there, because what? Oh, the, the, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I lost where I was. You said um, you liked it because... Oh, it reminds me of the Ethereum Wars quest. Ah. It uh, has the spinning dervishes that you have to shoot with your uh, bow and arrow, and there's actually a puzzle that you have to get those right ones because they give so many points toward the sphere in the center. The sphere takes 20 points. And each one of these dervishes that you shoot brings it up a different amount. And you have to find just the right combination of them to bring it up to exactly 20. Exactly 20? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, now. I'm so, going to check this out. Yes, it is very cool. Albathars, at the very end of it, you get a... Now, I, I say this because I want uh, Evarwin to freak out at it. At the very end is a helmet called the Visage of Mozand. Or Mazond. Mazund? The Visor of Moses? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's a dwarven uh, metal helmet that, uh, that looks... It's exactly your paladin set. But it has a special ability that it, so it's you awesome. can breathe steam out on people and damage them. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But that's uh, that's as far as I am. So I'm definitely getting my first feet into Dragonborn, and I've gotten some pretty dang good stuff already. I can speak for the entire Elder Scrolls Off the Record crew when I say this, Dave. And we mean mm-hmm. this with all love. It's about freaking time. <laughs> uh, moving up in the world. Nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, you're gonna continue that your your exploits in Dragonborn with your new ultra settings, and tell us about it next week, Dave. Even better, I need you to tell me how to do some live streaming. I can do that. Oh yeah. snap! That yeah, that's surprise. that's how I feel about this. <laughs> so uh, Shank, I, I see one little word in your notes: peace. <laughs> Yeah, so let me just preface this again with I had two days of seminars, so my brain is shot. So this this is literally what I came up with. 
<laughs> um, let's see. So yesterday, I uh, live 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 strom live streamed um, for a couple hours. Um, I was playing some Skyrim, and <laughs> it was actually kind of funny because um, man, it must have been like. 10 or 20 minutes after I started the live stream and who do I see in the chat but the widget and what does he say aimlessly wandering huh surprise surprise <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I was uh, I, I was aimlessly wandering I literally did pretty much nothing in the game I just walked from a half moon mill um, in the uh, uh, Falkreath hold I uh, went there to um, my house, which is Dragon Falls Manor, which is an awesome mod, which I think we've covered on the show previously, but um, major kudos to that. Pick it up. Walked over there, and I was basically just walking around um, looking at all the cool stuff I had, and I walked into the house, and I'm, I, I don't know how much time I spent, but I definitely spent some time... Um, decorating my walls as it were way more because this than house if you haven't been there before <laughs> in the basement it's got um it's got like a full smithing area so it's got you know your smelter your workbench your uh your grindstone and all this stuff and it's got four mannequins and i think four or five uh wall plaques for your stuff so i don't know about you guys but i love doing like mindless stuff just kind of like deck decking like you know decorating my house and just putting my cool wares up on there and it, it's kind of cool because sometimes, you know, you beat a boss in Skyrim and you get like a cool little uh, uh, weapon drop. And I was tempted, you know, I was tempted to sell some of these. But after, you know, getting this house, I was like, you know what? This would look really cool in my house. So it's it's something that I haven't done too much of before, which I was like, you know, this is kind of cool. So I decorated my house and uh, I parkoured sort of down the mountain ridge when I was trying to kill some dudes. That was fun. Um yeah, that, that was kind of fun. <laughs> and, uh, let's see. There was a drow. Oh, man. You guys are going to have to help me out. I cannot remember the name of this, uh, the, uh, the shout there. You know what I'm talking about, guys? It's, it's in, uh, it's in, um, uh, East March. You know that dragon word wall there? Fusroda. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> um, I fought a dragon there. That was kind of cool. Uh, totally stole his stuff, um, ganked everything in his chest, and just like ran. And I was actually, you know what? I was like, I gotta, you know, might I might as well do a quest while I'm doing this, uh, just for the, you know, six or seven hundred sane people that don't just, you know, want to watch me walk around and do nothing. So fortunately, at this point in my game, I had a contract from Yuri and Markarth to uh, kill. Um, oh man. Elaine Dufont, uh, he's in a Dwemer ruin, uh, sort of near Windhelm. So I went into there and I, uh, you know, snuck around because I'm playing my little archer dude. Uh, snuck up kind of behind him and there's actually two in this Dwemer ruin, there's actually two um, ballistas or I don't know what the proper term is. Yeah, ballistas. Uh, yeah, ballistas. And I thought, I, I honestly thought that, you know, this guy was there. So rather than me just kind of like sneaking up on him and shooting him, why don't I, you know, shoot or, you know, fire off the ballistas at him and kill, kill those guys? Cause they were just kind of sitting there around the fire. So I shot one off and it kind of hit to the left of him and it didn't do anything and the guys didn't freak out. So I was like, okay, maybe I have to hit the other one. And I shot the other one and they didn't do anything. So I was like, okay, screw this. I pulled out my bow and just sniped the dude. And, and peaced. <laughs> Sniped the dude, stole the stuff, peaced, 
And this, all this aimless wandering, guys, it took me about an hour and a half, and I managed to do one quest. So, you know, all in all, I'd have to say it was a very uh, shankerific... Non-productive shank day. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, pretty you, much. Hey, you forgot to mention the most important part of the entire play, shank. Oh, uh, what? You gained a widget level. Oh, I, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I was walking to Dragon Falls Manor, which is this house mod, and I saw this rabbit... And I was like, hmm, should I? And I pulled out my bow thinking I should probably snipe it, but the thing was running too fast. So I just like sprinted after it and then did my ice form shout and it did its little like squee and then died. And it was awesome. Turned and- into ice <laughs> and rolled down the mountain. <laughs> it just ragdolled like down the hill. <laughs> and I was like, sweet. I was like, Joe, that was for you, man. <laughs> and uh, he gave me an honorary widget level. So it was worth tuning in for your live stream for that, Shank. Thank you. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that, uh, I, I pretty much pieced the entire time. <laughs> Cute, fluffy vermin from hell. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess that uh, concludes our play of this week, guys. We're going to get into some emails. we got a few more to go into. And, um, Shank, this one's all yours. This is number two from Patrick A. Oh, man, alright. <clears throat> Let's see. <clears throat> Greetings from Fargo, North Dakota. It is I, Bane. First, I want to thank you guys for the hours of free entertainment you have provided and your dedication to podcasting. My God. Joe, Evarwin, Lou, Shank, and yes, even Dave. You guys do a great job with the show on ESO. I'm up to the PAX East episode, so this may be answered already, but here goes. As someone who has done extensive PvE and PvP healing in many MMOs, I'd like to know how friendly players' health is being displayed in the UI and or in the world. Floating health bars above everyone's heads seems like it would be the simplest answer, but I'm hoping the devs had a more creative and immersive solution. Take care, guys, and I look forward to seeing you guys in ESO. Foos Rota, y'all. Patrick A. Ema Vidiot. <laughs> oh, man. That was so good. <laughs> that was such an awesome bane. <laughs> that was almost perfect. Dang, oh, Shane. my God. That was really good. <laughs> Wait, what uh. just ha- I just blacked out. What just happened? <laughs> Uh, wow, mad great job, Shank. Shank. That was amazing. Did you practice that? That I literally, I was about to do um, Janine, and then I was like, I want to mix it up. <laughs> that was really, really good. I'm really impressed. That really sounded like Bane. Well, thank you. Uh, time for Bane off the record this evening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now that we're done with that, yeah, uh, that fiasco of awesomeness we're gonna get into actual question here <laughs> all right so up to pax east question uh what was the question again i was too busy laughing yeah, <laughs> uh patrick a is wondering about um health oh, healing yeah yeah uh friendly players health is being displayed in the ui and or in the world Floating health bars above everyone's head seems like it would be the simplest answer. So, so uh, Patrick, I mean, yeah, that's that's basically what's what what happens in that game. You you uh, 
I mean, you don't you don't see by default everyone's like name and health bar just over their heads as they're running around, but when you click on them, then you see that stuff. And then also, if you're grouped up, you know, on the left hand side in the in the upper uh, left hand corner of your screen, you you do get the the normal MMO um, party frame for each individual person you're grouped up with. So you'll you'll find it very comfortable. And I'm sorry, Varwin. Just um, as the as the token MMO noob here, is that is that? Uh, I think you may have answered that. But uh, so that seeing somebody's health is that that's normal in uh, the MMOs uh, to the okay. point where that's all you see as your healer as a healer. That oh. becomes your entire game. Okay. <laughs> Let me put this way. I cleared up because I I didn't know. Honestly, didn't know. One, I guess I, I said this before, but the way that most MMOs work when you're a healer. Your game consists of clicking on someone's health bar that's getting low, casting a spell on it. Usually the tank is your main focus. Wait till they get down again, cast it again, cast it again. Oh, someone's getting hurt. Click on their portrait, cast that spell again. That's the life of a healer, but not in ESO. Does that clarify things, or did I just go overboard? <laughs> well, I will say this. For me, it sounded great, Joe. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ivarwin answered the question on, on key there. I don't know why we went off on tangent there. Shane had a question. <laughs> right, right. And then I answered it very poorly. So we're going to move on <laughs> to our next email. Uh, Ivarwin, did you get this one, buddy? Josh O, correct? Yes, sir. So this comes from Josh O, and he says, uh, if you could bring any skill from any test game to ESO, what would it be? For example, Shank might, Shank might want that skill that always... Yeah, <laughs> I know. him to pick. Yeah, all right. So hold on. For example, Shank might want that skill that will allow him to pick two blue flowers instead of one. Thanks, guys. <laughs> rock on. P.S. <laughs> When are you going to have another party at the Wham Bam Club? <laughs> that was off the chain, yo. Josh O. Dude, next Saturday night. Uh, so you got an answer for this one, you Uh If you could bring any skill from Tess to ESO, what would it be? You know, I put this email in here. Based on the fact that he says the party was great at the Wham Bam Club, I got to think about my answer. <laughs> I can't think of any skill, really. I got one. Yo, go ahead. Acrobatics. Because oh, it's the most useless skill. <laughs> most useless skill any video game I've ever seen. See, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like I didn't think that way. I was thinking of like spells and, yeah. and combat skills. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what, that's I, was what I was thinking. Well, you know what? Yeah, Joe, you're going to agree with this. Okay. The decapitation perk. Totally. Oh gosh, totally. Right. Did you see Joe's light eyes light up in the live stream there? <laughs> <laughs> it's a must. That and archery. Well, they already have kill cam. So, but the decapitation's a must. Yeah. I want to lop some heads, yo. You know what I'd like to see <laughs> is uh, some type of detect life spell. I don't oh. know, that could be overpowered. 
Hmm. In an in an MMO, do they have those in MMOs? Like some sort of detect life spell? I, I don't. I I don't think so. Yeah, it depends on your class. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, dismemberment in general would be would be epic. That's from Rider Fifty Two. <laughs> I agree. I want to see my enemy swing his sword at me, and I turn around, I parry it, and lop his arm off. And he sits there in a bloody stump trying to hit me, and says, "Only a flesh wound." <laughs> just say that. Hey, Lou, got anything? Hmm. Any skill? Well, you know, from what I've seen uh, from my playtime packs East, you know, it's pretty much they've got it all. Pretty much everything that I need. Oh, you know, that fits my playstyle. So, I mean, they've all brought them in. I'm happy for that. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So, Ivarwin, number two on our discussion topics, subjects to bring up. Right. Um, and this so is what you were referring to E3. earlier that I was a numbskull about. Sorry. What's that? This is what you were referring to earlier that I was a numbskull about. Got it. Uh, no, I was I was referring to the Twitter question. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, Joe. I think we're all we're all off step this week. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Um, which is which is fun because everyone gets to hear us, you know, slightly stammering, and I, and I think we're so on our game all the time that every now and again, when we have a, an episode where we're completely off our game and stepping on each other's toes, fumbling through the episode and fumbling through the notes, I think it's actually somewhat endearing, to be honest. <laughs> all right, um, let's fumble on. <laughs> fumbling away. Oh. So E three is next week, right, guys? Yes, sir. No. Tuesday, June. No. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday, June 11th to the 13th. Uh, Bradford and Brian are actually going, so I'm excited for those guys and what they're going to be bringing home. But mm-hmm. I'm sort of wondering, as they're going there to cover you know, ESO and, and Bethesda, they're going there to cover general gaming. Uh, here on, on this show, we're, we're just concerned about Elder Scrolls. And... Uh, coming from that frame of mind, you know what? What's E three going to mean to the Elder Scrolls fans or or the ESO fans? So what? I mean, guys, what what would you like to see come out of ESO in E three? You got it. You got. I got something for you. Yeah. What do you this got? Is the ultimate question or the ultimate answer right here. Doctor Who? Uh, no. <laughs> Forty nine. Shut down. <laughs> What's that, Joe? A release date. Yeah, you think? Mm-hmm. I would like to. It's not going to happen, but I'd love to see it. I really. Well, I don't think they're going to release to do a release date until at least packs. Um. Yeah, I agree. But that's that's my second question. So so um. <laughs> Sorry. What do you think they could reasonably announce, if anything <laughs> at all, for ESO? Guild structure. Yeah. Oh, they could announce adventure zones and exactly how they'd work. Information around it. Yeah, that's a good one, Dave. Now, now, what would you like to hear them announce, Dave? Adventure zones and exactly how they work. <laughs> I'm right, not so- kidding. I, I really enjoyed the herding cats feeling whenever I played WoW. I mean, I'm not really enjoyed. I, I got used to it. So that's that's how I'm used to doing my thing. I'd like to see how they're doing the, the mass... You know, huge amounts of people in an area dealing with that. What about cats? What hurting cats? <laughs> All right, whatever. So, Lou, <laughs> what uh, what do you 
what would you like to see come out of E3 regarding ESO? And then for a second question, what do you re- reasonably think? <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> reasonably think, uh, what do you think they would announce? Loaded question there. What I would like to see. Mm. Well, actually, an actual date, release date. That's what I, I, I really would like to hear that. Um, since we all know, you know they've been developing the game for several years now, at least four, four plus yeah. years. Okay, mm-hmm. and hopefully they don't do the Duke Nukem Forever route and take forever to develop the game <laughs> <laughs> and, and tank that way. You know, uh, at least give us, if not an actual date, give us a time frame. Say, you know what, spring 2014. <laughs> you know, winter 2013, Christmas, holiday 2013. That's what I, I'd like to hear. An actual. If not the actual home run, give us a ballpark figure as when this game is going to release. Yeah, because you know, you're gonna have players that will actually plan around it. You know, well, we do to have a ballpark. Well, yeah, kind yeah. of, kind of. Yeah. Well, they said twenty twenty thirteen is what they right. said. Right. Yeah, that's okay. like saying, all right, anytime this year. Well, well, that could be next month. You no, know, late summer. With the way the beta fall, progress fall, is going fall. right now. And we're not even near. I don't think they're even close to open beta. It has to be at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping it's right. Like, beta right now. I hope it's later on in the year. I'm expecting near Christmas release. Yeah. You know what, though? I mean, you know, Joe. I know you said that you would like to hear a release date. Reasonably speaking, I I think. I think it's more than reasonable for them to announce at this point a release date. I do too, but my my thinking goes on this on this kind of level here. Uh-huh. E3 is a different type of trade show. It's basically developers for developers. Uh-huh. Okay. What Elder Scrolls was Zenimax is more focused on is their player base. They're more interested in the than the consumer than the industry. So that's what I think. They're not going to release that kind of information E3 because they want to release it to their focus, which is us, the players, and that's when PAX is, which is the number one in trade show in the world for the consumer. Yeah, I see. I see where you're going with that, but if they wait until PAX East, I think it's going to water down the announcement because is- everyone at that point is already going to just not just expect, but know for sure that it's going to come out sometime near Christmas. That sir is a perfect counter argument. Touche. Um. Well, so. I think re- yeah. Go ahead, Lou. Well, no, failing that. I mean, failing the the, the date. They don't give us a time frame for a release. Then what I actually would like to see for once is actual PvP combat. Nice. Um, yeah, I I, I want to see. All right, I've seen what I can from what Brian Wheeler has, you know has out there on the net. Okay, what the others have discussed about player versus player combat. Or you know, all right, alliance AVA, <laughs> alliance versus alliance combat. I would honestly like uh, something done for the PvP crowd. Okay, don't tell us what's going on. Show us actual footage now. Show us, all right, your test teams within your own company kicking the crap out of each other for a keep. <laughs> Show us in motion how the siege engines are working. How that how that looks. How it looks to affect the battlefield. How cutting off keeps for the supply line works. You know, ambushing people in the choke points and the terrain you say you've got there. Let's see some actual PvP footage, not hearsay, not not, not talk it, talk about it. Let's actually see it in action. That's what I want to see. 
Because if you have the PvE game oh. and the other big parts of PvP content in Serial, well, now let's see some meat and potatoes for PvP content. That's reasonable. I, I definitely think they're going to have some kind of gameplay show for sure. Um, Riddy in the chat room says he thinks the release date is going to be 11-12-13. And I, I looked, and it is a Tuesday. Huh. That's not a bad idea. But you know Could one you thing imagine? I thought about, Ivarwin, when we were, well, Lou was talking about huh? something I would love to see as well, is um, I've never seen an MMO announce a release date before open beta. And you know what? That is exactly, yeah. I'm sorry to t- totally interject here, but that that was that was going to be my uh, my quote unquote reasonable uh, announcement was that they would announce open beta at E3. Hmm. Oh, um, they could do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I believe that, hey, that would be great. Announce beta, let us play the damn game. I mean, I would <laughs> like to test it. <laughs> but uh, I guess if you're that so that's I guess that's my like quote unquote realistic um expectation. Um, but if what would Shank uh, like to see? I would like to see if there's any news on uh, this. Is uh, coming from the uh, MMO noob and the Elder Scrolls veteran in me. Um, is to see, um, you know, because they they told us that it, you know when you start the game, you kind of you they kind of like asks you, you know, what is your general play style, and they kind of like you know do stuff like that. So my question is, okay, so how much of the game could I you know realistically play solo? Uh, coming from the Elder Scrolls camp. Uh, is it you know this much? Or do I have to do certain quests with uh, you know co-op with a couple buddies or something? So uh, that's kind of my uh, my uh, personal wish there. Wow, awesome freaking answers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm going to have to agree with you. I would I I would like to see a um, an announcement for for the release date. I would like to see that reasonably speaking i think what we're going to get is i don't think we're i don't think we're going to get a whole lot to be honest i think um i think bethesda is is pretty focused on on uh the new wolfenstein they got that trailer that popped out today and um i think zoss is is not going to make th- that big of a splash i think what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to play this close to the chest mm-hmm. for all the reasons that you've cited and i think what they're going to do is just say um, here's some gameplay on those adventure zones. Here's some gameplay on the PvP, and uh, and we'll we'll be announcing our open beta very very soon, guys. So so stay tuned. And I think I think we're going to get that from um, from from Paul Sage. Do you know what I would love to hear an E3, which is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. An announcement for Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would love nothing more. I think that would make me pee my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Fallout 4, meh. Elder Scrolls 6. You know what's going to yeah. happen. Y- y'all know that Fallout, or, uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be the prequel to Fallout 3, where we find out that it's all the same place. <laughs> so, Joe, what are we talking about next? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, I was, I was daydreaming about the announcement. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> so we got a Twitter question of the week. Yeah, this week's Twitter question of the week, guys, is how will you build your character in ESO? Uh, I'm going to try and go through this as, as uh, efficiently as possible, so I, I'm sorry if I lag a bit. Um, lots of people answered. Uh, first came from Martin Mainza, uh, who says, I will pick a race and a weapon choice, but then let RPG and story events shape his or her destined role. 
Uh, red flag. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Mistress LeBeau says, like a brick, booty dance house. <laughs> <laughs> That's Liz. Sorry, Liz. I had to throw that in there. Uh, let's see. Scrolling a bit more here. Uh, Zachary Bowser says, heavy armored sorcerer. Summon Daedra and throw fireballs while cutting everyone down with my battle axe. Uh, Alex Harper says, same as my main for every Elder Scrolls game. High Elf, Heavy Armor, Sword and Board, Destruction, Resto, win. I <laughs> uh, got two more guys. Uh, Aaronitis says, speed, dodge, detection magic, dual sword melee. I'll be a stealth classes nightmare. Speed, dodge, detection magic, dual sword melee. Yeah, that's anti that's anti sneakers. If they can if they can do that in the game that would be a, an incredible build. I hope you're in our guild cuz I want to use you in PVP. <laughs> yeah. Be like, dude, come on, we got to go. Protect me from the sneaky doubles. Okay, I'm sorry, you're going. You're saying. And uh <laughs> uh Zola our last one says I plan on building a Khajiit Night Wisp. With primary focus on magic and stealth and modifications, depending on story. Uh, thank you very much to to everyone who weighed in on this. Uh, next week, I'm going to try and do this a little bit more uh, organized with like a hashtag or something. So, yeah, I'm sorry say, if I missed you. So <laughs> say that, dude. We could do a hashtag. Yeah. All right. So we have one more email to get into. Um, I cut out a lot of this. And kind of focus on one of the key point of the email from Adam B. Hope that's okay. Um, if not, sorry. What are your thoughts about Bethesda's kind or Beth- about Bethesda kind of ignoring the Thalmor threat in Skyrim? Do you think they should have created a quest line or DLC concerning the Thalmor before they stop DLC, P- DLC support for Skyrim? Hope you guys keep up the great work and look forward to listening. Uh, yes, um, I'm gonna have to say no. Or could it be the next game? I could see a, a bigger thing going on in the next game, but honestly, they explain the Thalmor's involvement in Skyrim, especially during the Winter Chain as well as the Milk Drinker's Quest Chain, where, yes, they suck. Yes, they're evil, and but yes, they're necessary. There, It's one thing that they've always done in these quest chains is that Nothing's ever perfect, but you get as best you can. And, and that's what the Thalmor are to Skyrim. All right, any other thoughts on this, guys? I, I sort of feel like it wasn't touched on as much as I would like for it. I definitely felt when I first started playing the game and I was learning about the Thalmor presence that there was enough in the story that almost suggested, hey guys, DLC on this later, and we're going to see, you know, the Thalmor threat really become um, a threat, and then you deal with it. So I was a little disappointed when when that didn't happen, you know. But at the same time, it wasn't such a huge threat where it it, it was necessary to go into, you know. I wish they did, but I don't feel like I missed anything for them not doing it either. You know, Ivarwin, if you remember, um, right after, or long, not shortly after Dongar released, we were predicting the next DLC. And one of, um, I believe it was my prediction, was 
but I was hoping for a DLC that would be involvement with the Thalmar invasion. Yeah. So I was kind of disappointed it didn't happen, but eh, not really. Lou? Shank? Well, I think the Thalmar were kind of, they were underutilized. I mean, they were there. They could have been another great epic story arc in the game, along with the Dark Brotherhood, Thieves Guild, all right, and the Mage College. They're there. They're a preeminent threat in the game. And for what they did was great. I mean, I, like usual, I don't. I mean, I'm glad they were there, and I don't feel cheated out of anything. I just feel a sense of wow, that was fun. But you know what? They're here. They're in Skyrim. They could be doing so much more with this group right now. I mean, they're supposed to be everywhere, looking for the blades. You know, insinuating themselves in each hold, so that they kind of see things in the background from the shadows, and you know, stand ready to pounce. On something that they they seem you know is inappropriate or in conflict with their aims. Yeah, and um, I kind of you know what I mean. I, I kind of liked the fact that they yes they, uh, they they mentioned it. I think they mentioned it just enough. But I do like the fact that there was no further quest line or anything because for me at least it gave me the sense that the world had existed before. You know, I, I turned on, I turned it on and put my game in the thing. It, it felt like this world had existed. And, you know, it didn't care if I was there or not. It was a living, breathing world, and it was just going to go on and go on and continue to exist. So, for me, it felt a little bit more uh, realistic that way. I don't know if that made any sense. No, it's just me. (laughs) I agree with you, Shank. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mean, I'm sorry. All right, guys. Uh, We got the final email done. We are on to our crafting table segment. Crafting table, eh? Crafting. Son of a... So, this week's mod of the week is for Oblivion fans and found on OblivionNexus.com. Joe, you're going to like this one. Midas Magic Spells of Aaron by Zilver. I didn't know they did a Midas Magic for Oblivion. I didn't know either. When I saw this, I got really excited. And uh, I thought, you know, Joe's going to love this. So... I wanted to put it in here. And then it just so happened that um, Eric S. had had really, you know, he, he made the request and I was already thinking about doing it. So I was like, oh, this just this just pushes it. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And the actual the, the Skyrim Midas magic is kind of like the uh, the younger brother of this one, which is, uh, kinda, I think, why he made the one for Skyrim, too, because because this one was so popular. Look, I mean, this thing is a behemoth. Oh, yes. <laughs> adds over 300 new and unique spell types. It adds beam, spray, and projectile attacks. Turn bodies to gold, summon your own magic carpet, or Dwimmer Transformer, or protect yourself with a ring of fire. Uh, Zilver also adds in that this mod has several goals. Extend the magic system of Oblivion without disturbing the current spell system, so he's very respectful of the game. Uh, maintain the balance of the combat system. And that that's a huge thing, guys. When you're looking for a mod and you're a, a, a gaming purist, you don't, you know, this is something that you want to touch on. Yeah. You know, don't disturb the balance of the combat system. You don't want to be too OP. Uh, he also says, add a completely different way to obtain these spells from the normal system. So it's, it's well thought out. Uh, add exciting quests and new worlds that make obtaining these spells fun to obtain. Uh, Obtaining these spells fun. And he also says to obtain these spells 
talk to the vendor Midas. His shop is located to the right as you enter the Arcane University courtyard before you enter the university itself. And he gives a warning. He says, warning, Will Robinson. Warning. Danger, <laughs> Will Robinson. Danger, danger. Uh, <laughs> I'm a derp. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I actually flailed my arms around, too, like this. Uh, there's a special way for you to get these spells, so make sure you listen to the shopkeep and read his book. And he also offers a frequently asked question on his um, on his website. So that is Midas Magic Spells of Arum, A-U-R-U-M, by Zilver, X-I-L-V-E-R. Check it out. Okay. Uh, right. Mod challenge of the week, guys. Now, here's here's how, once again, I want to explain how all this works. All right. I find a mod. I take one host and I say, I am challenging you, Pikachu, to download this mod. <laughs> all right. The host clicks. And now we've got a link here on our show notes. The host has no idea what this mod's going to be, or at least, at least they shouldn't. No peeking. I know peeking. And they click on the link, they find out what it is and they read off the description for, for all of us to to hear and and uh, and love all over like a cat in heat. So, Joe, I choose you this week. <laughs> I almost spit out my water. What? Go ahead, just click on that. Uh, I see why you did this. Yeah, right? I do. The cheese of the ages. The name right there is Win. Uh... <laughs> the search for a legendary legendary cheese recipe sets you on a journey across Skyrim. Explore new dungeons and meet memorable characters voiced by an extensive cast of nine excellent voice actors. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> and then uh, when you scroll on down here, it says to start the quest, you will be approached by a courier. Once you venture near a populated area, he will give you a letter which starts the quest. I so, am going to subscribe... Yeah, this is, is uh, the Cheese of Ages. It's found on the Elder Scrolls uh, Skyrim w- Workshop, so it's a Skyrim mod, and it is by Merte, M-E-R-T-E. So, dude, that actually sounds pretty fun. I'm not yeah, <laughs> I saw this and I instantly knew. I was like, "This is." Yeah, that I looks. Knew it was going to be Joe this week, but <laughs> your challenge is accepted, really sir. <laughs> I want to find this cheese. Yeah, so there awesome. you go. Uh, I sh- I should, I'm excited about doing this. Cool. Yeah, you know, it, it, it sounds like it's going to be like a really fun, long quest. You know, I mean, we've we've done all the quests in the, in the game for the most part for Skyrim, but here's a brand new one. Yeah, and I remember doing the um, Road to Elsewhere, or Moon Path to Elsewhere. And that, that yes. One, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed doing that, even though the voice acting was atrocious. <laughs> so, we'll see. Yeah. All right, so thanks, Yvarwin. I'm going to enjoy this. Enjoy, yeah. All right, guys, we have an Elder Scroll to get into. Lou, the master, do it. Thank you, kind sir. And today's Elder Scroll, I want to talk about the Elder Council. So who holds power absolute within the Empire? But who are they? Me. The Queen, but that's a different story. (laughs) But later on, the Elder Council, they are the foremost power within the Tamrielic government, apart from the Emperor, of course. And they came to existence sometime between the year 243 and 498 of the First Era. 
Now, they are an unelected body, and they are charged with the function of governing alongside the emperor and operating in regency should the emperor fail in his or her duties by death, sickness, what have you, mental or physical breakdown, etc., etc. The Elder Council possesses full legislative authority. They are able to enact new laws wherein they deem proper. However, to counter this, the reigning emperor has the power of the veto. And it's been used, you know, in the past. Uh, they point out Israel Septim VII as being an example of an emperor using that power and exercising it over the Elder Council. In the event the Elder Council is forced to assume a position of regency over the empire, a state of martial law is enacted, wherein the Elder Council exercises complete control over the imperial army and navy. And in these cases, the regency will remain until the council deems any individual as fit to preside as the emperor as mandated by ancient custom. Now, to ensure that the empire is never left ungoverned, the Amulet of Kings was created to inform the members of the Elder Council in the event the current emperor perishes. The Elder Council will use this four-step format as a guide for presenting you know, information regarding presumed threats. The first one they call the metaphysical route. The second, historical lessons, or lessonates. They're using a fancy word for that. <laughs> Present threat assessment and the assumption of any maneuvers. Other powers they possess, they also are known to have the powers of right of admonishment and the call of silence. Although what each power does, no one knows. <laughs> it's something someone heard, written down somewhere. Yeah, from a friend of a friend of a friend. Think of it that way. The Elder Council regularly convenes at its historic chambers in the center of the Imperial Palace Complex, in the city, of course, Imperial City in Cyrodiil. It's built around the White Gold Tower. The chamber is designed with a cathedral-like ceiling, which soars majestically towards the heavens. And it's sparsely adorned, save for one single table. And this table, it's a large circular table. It's fixed in the center of the room, which points toward a measure of equality within the Elder Council's ranks. While no reports are substantiated, there is a viewing balcony, supposedly, which overlooks the central chamber, which leads some to speculate that open sessions of the council may be held, meaning they allow outsiders to witness or hear the interaction of what's being discussed by the Elder Council. The Elder Council, they've long been a deciding factor within the outcome of certain events within the history of Tamriel. Their first major exercise of power came around the year 266 of the First Era, wherein the Elder Council appointed Elharza the Manbull as the second emperor of Cyrodiil. Now, the Elder Council continued its hold of power throughout Belharza's reign, all the way up to Pelagius II in the Third Era, who would dismiss his power-hungry and wealthy Elder Council, allowing only those who aided his repayment of debts, well, which acquired through the Empire's management by the uh, Emperor Earl II, to reassume their positions. This reformed Elder Council would go on to suffer through the years the reign of Pelagius III. Well, we all know him as Pelagius the Mad. Hmm, he sounds familiar. <laughs> Struggling to maintain a working empire and stifle his embarrassing conduct. Having endured Pelagius III's insanity for years, the Elder Council would finally send him to unknown asylum for rehabilitation, and they elected his wife, Kataria, as Regent Empress. With her death, Uriel Lariat, born of Kataria and an imperial consort, 
would assume the title of emperor and the name of Uriel IV, overriding the Elder Council's wishes that he not do so. And over the period of his 43-year reign, as acknowledged by the Elder Council, uh, members of the Elder Council, separately in his unified group, made numerous attempts to depose him from the throne. Bunch of backstabbers. <laughs> Ultimately, the rule of Uriel IV would be one he speckled with fruitless efforts and failed adventures due to the Elder Council's constant interference. Following his death, the Elder Council enjoyed a final triumph through disheriting his son, Andarak, of the Imperial throne by a unanimous vote, electing in his place a cousin proclaimed as Sephiroth II. In time, the members of the Elder Council were eventually brought to heel by Emperor Uriel VI, who was able to decrease their influence through use of bullying tactics. Employing an elaborate network of spies, Uriel VI was able to blackmail and otherwise coerce the members of the council to cease their manipulation of him and the empire as a whole. Uriel VI would also make, would make frequent use of his right to veto against the elder council, stymieing their efforts whenever possible. So impressive was this vendetta against the council that a well-known sage, known as Sage Ugaridge was recorded as having said that Uriel V conquered, it's only it, but Uriel VI conquered the Elder Council. Now, the direct nature of this composition of the, other, of the group is unknown, but it's widely assumed that the Elder Council consists of the aristocracy in various imperial provinces, coupled with those individuals appointed by the Emperor of Tamriel. Well, that's the Elder Council. In a nutshell, I hope you all enjoyed it. Look them up, they have uh, quite a bit on the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. Yeah, a better layout of uh, what they do, and actually they have more notable figures that you've seen throughout the Elder Scrolls games as uh, supposed members of the Elder Council. Since remember, we don't know who they are in actuality. It's assumed that they may have been because of the power they held within the games. So look them up. Awesome. Thank you, Lou. Uh, during that time, I was actually downloading the Cheese of Ages. Installing it, so just saying, just saying. I'm taking it seriously, Barwin. Awesome, man. We're into the final parts of our show, gentlemen. It is time for our final thoughts. My final thoughts is downloading the Cheese of Ages, Barwin. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really excited as to what's going to come out for uh, for E3 next week. So expect uh, expect a lot of reporting on that. Oh, yeah. Keep it locked to uh, Quest Gaming Network and Elder Scrolls off the record. Totally jealous of Brian and, and uh, Joe Bradford right now. Yeah. Hope they have fun. I hope they get some awesome stuff. Oh, they're going to have a blast. Oh, I know it. Hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want to give Bradford and Brian some money. It's like, hey, um, since ESO is going to be there, I know they're going to have shirts and prints. Get me some. Get me some. And a Pip-Boy. Go to the Beth- Bethesda booth. Give me a Pip Boy. <laughs> they have one. Uh, that was your final sh- your thought. I'm assuming there, Shane or Lou. Yep. All right, Dave. I just want to uh, tell Lou that I want to thank you for your last week's uh, uh, scroll or Elder Scroll um, because we talked about Sheograph. And the first thing I did after that was I changed. I went on to our Minecraft server. I changed one of our admins into a mode where he could die, dropped him from miles above the ground, and screamed Sheograth's punishment. <laughs> he, he, he did too. He really did. 
Awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Here, here you're going to plunge into dementia or madness. Oh, you're just going to fall. <laughs> <laughs> just fall. So I, I do want to thank you for that. <laughs> Shank? You're very welcome, sir. Uh, final thoughts. I'm uh, pretty stoked for uh, Dave on his new hardware. So, uh, Dave, you and I, got, we got to talk for some uh, graphical awesomeness mods, my friend. Uh, that's That's my closing sentiments. I'm excited about it. Oh, my God. And there you go. Hey, Varwin, it is time, sir. Hey, how to reach us. So if you like our show and you want to find out other ways that you can get in touch with us, well, the first place you want to go is elderscrollsofftherecord.com. That is our site for everything that you'll ever want to know regarding Elder Scrolls Off the Record. You can get all of our episodes there. Uh, of course, the latest news regarding Elder Scrolls. Uh, if you would like to check out our show live, we have a tab there, QGN TV, on the very top of the navigation bar. And it brings you over directly to a live feed and our chat room. Uh, if you want to donate the show, you can find a donate tab there as well, including an archive from all of our different podcasts from the Quest Gaming Network, our various partners, and let's not forget about Donovan's Tales, who writes uh, some pretty amazing Elder Scrolls and Skyrim fan fiction, The Running Tree, and Journals of a Bosmer. All of that you can get at elderscrollsofftherecord.com. And if that's not enough for you, QuestGamingNetwork.com is the website for our wonderful network here. Again, you can get all of the latest podcasts from the Quest Gaming Network there. You can learn a little bit about the host, how to contact us, all of the different news from um, the entire gaming industry that we report on goes right there on Quest Gaming Network. And it's the only place that you're going to be able to get links over to Totally Heroes. So that's at questgamingnetwork.com. Uh, if you want to send us an email, go to elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com and drop us a line. Tell us uh, whatever you got. What do you, you want to give us a story? You want to ask us a question? Elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. Uh, we have a presence on YouTube. This show can be found at youtube.com forward slash elderscrollsotr. YouTube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network is our YouTube account, and there you'll find Totally Heroes, QGN's weekly video newscast starring our network's very own news director, Joe Bradford, and the QGN staff writers, Brian Armstrong and Shank Tank. (laughs) (laughs) Never get told. $10 $10 Mentions is a service that we provide for you. If there is something that you would like to advertise on our show at a very low cost, $10 is all it costs. And uh, if you would like to utilize this feature, head over to elderscrollsofftherecord.com. Or, uh, and I'm checking on the site now, it doesn't look like we actually have a link on questgamingnetwork.com for this. I have to work on that. But anyway, uh, head over to elderscrollsofftherecord.com. Click the donate button on the top of the nav bar and you can send us a donation. And for $10 and $10 only, we will, we will give you a free, quick free ad. Um, where to listen? You're listening to us now, but if you prefer someplace else, we provide other avenues in which you may listen to our show. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Zune. And of course, we offer our RSS feed on our websites. 
You can pick it up from there and drop it into any of your favorite podcast or RSS reader. We recommend Podkicker and RSS Demon from Google Play Store for you Android folks, such as myself. Uh, otherwise, Stitcher Radio is a great place. That's, that's primarily how I listen to our shows is, is uh, Stitcher. Don't forget our other shows. Minecraft Off the Record Live is at Sundays at 7 p.m. It's got Dave. It's got Joe. It's got a whole cast of crazy Minecrafters on there. Joe, Dave, what's the update? What's going on these days? How's Commodus doing? We released our expansion. Yes. We had an ex- Commodus exists. It exists. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already had one rage quit. <laughs> Apparently, okay. the, the quest chain to get into Comatus is a little difficult. All right. So it's challenging. Yeah, that's our intent. It was supposed to be challenging. Minecraft Off the Record Live, guys. It's a podcast not about Minecraft, but about the insanity that Joe and Dave put into Minecraft that Notch forgot about. Minecraft <laughs> Off the Dude, Record Live. Dude, I love Live. how you just said that. That's <laughs> awesome. It's true. Sunday is at 7 p.m. And uh, join the server for Minecraft, because if you love the game... You'll love what we're doing on, on the Quest Gaming Network's Minecraft server. Twitter! If Twitter is your thing, grab your phone and tweet at the show. You'll find us at Elder Scrolls OTR. If you want to send a message to Joe, you can find him at the widget, W-I-G-I-T. I'm Evarwin. You may reach me at Evarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou! Lou is at GamerGuy11B-G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11-B. Dave is at D-I-E-N-FORCE! At (laughs) D-I-E-N-FORCE. I was scrambling to find my file. And Shank is at Shank Tank. S-H-A-N-K-T-H- T-A-N-K. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are into pumice stones, my sweet baby <laughs> Jesus, you will get unbelievable discounts if you leave off that last E in Shank's Twitter handle. Oh, God. <laughs> Shank Tank. <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. All right, guys. Ellis goes off the record as a Quest Gimme Network production in association with Miller Network. And I just want to say, foos for all you all next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the foos be with you. Good night, everyone. Glad you're here. Hope to see you all again next week. Night, everybody. Have a great one. We'll see you next time. Foos Rota. Till next time, dudes. Just go bro out. Oh. Shank just like saw we were calling and he was all like, forget this. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to bro out with these guys. <laughs> Yo. Yo. No, no, no. Shank needs to go. We don't even want him in no more. We do. Yeah, we do. Shank's awesome. Okay, here we go. Found hey, something. everyone. Log on Twitter and go check out Liz. <laughs> check her out. <laughs> oh my god. The sparkly shirt does it. Okay, that is literally Robin Sparkles right there. I don't see that. that. Is, Liz Very was nice, Liz. Robin Very Sparkles. nice.
Wow. Let's go to the mall. That she is... needs that hairpiece with the two stars coming out of the ends of it. What the f***? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is 80s rock star right there. Uh, Lou, what is this? Lou. <laughs> oh. No, I don't own that. I found God. it on the iTunes store. Oh, Jesus. I felt every ounce of testosterone just leave my body and run screaming. Oh my that was so visceral. Ooh man, see see that that's a that's a dangerous uh game there because the, the pumice stone market is is sorta of open, but it's you know, you can definitely go out there if you know what you're doing. But the Lufa market, man, that is an oversaturated market. You, you gotta really attack you gotta attack that with a good business plan, dude. Uh, you know what? You can do it. And and additionally, I think you can you know you know the guy that created when? You can mm-hmm. definitely blow him out of the water. I I think I could. <laughs> I think I could. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll maybe I'll start just launching a uh, a uh, podcast. Yeah, with the uh, loofahs and pumice stones. Mm. Call it the loofah stone just podcast. Just describing them for two and a half hours. Yeah, this one's this one actually be dyed blue, but it's cool because you can see through the middle of it. Well, I mean, we'll we'll have two hosts. We'll have uh, me, and then uh, we'll bring on Janine, and then she can sell her wares. Right. And then wow. uh, Bane can come in there and just like wreak havoc randomly. Shanks' own version of Base Motel. I'm seeing it now. <laughs> and so here we have the the you know the Star Spangled Pumice Stone. And what do we have here? Probably one of my chafing to my thighs. One of my favorite types of pumice stones. God, not gonna watch the movie again tonight. <laughs> and then, Mister Wayne, then you have my permission to chafe. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>